Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where we teach Christian entrepreneurs how to build a strong foundation of faith, growth, and skill to lead and thrive on purpose in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, certified coaches, Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. This week, oh boy, this week, we are touching on something that is a huge pain point. But it's a silent one. Nobody wants to talk about it. And here's what we've noticed in our industry. As entrepreneurs, as coaches, we have noticed this. It's trending, but it's something that people don't talk about. How your business as an entrepreneur may, in some cases, some of maybe some people listening to us, maybe it's happened to some of you, ruin your marriage. Now, this is, like I said, a big pain point, and for some reason, we don't hear too much about it, right, Liz? Exactly. So, how to not let your business ruin your marriage? That is really, really huge because. Either it's happened to you or you're scared it will happen to you as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You see other people, um, you know, that have more success than you in the entrepreneurial journey, um, you know, getting awards on stage, uh, you know, they're very successful, they're on the Forbes magazine, whatever it may be, you look up to those people, but you notice, hey, that person is divorced twice, three times, or is single and has kids and from a previous marriage previous marriage and no more family and it's very very common and yet we it's hush hush i mean we don't talk about it and i and by the way by saying this i'm not condemning people who have been through a divorce i mean my mom uh was divorced i'm a child a product of uh divorce so i know what it's like i know how painful it can be and i know oftentimes that people have done their best and it just didn't work out that's not what so i'm not like throwing the stone here but this is something we've noticed and especially in the entrepreneur world like liz said these big shot entrepreneurs who seem to have it all well they don't have it all exactly and you know we're talking from personal experience as well because um these tips these um these pointers, these different things that we're going to mention, um, that we're going to cover in this podcast really comes from different things that we've noticed and experienced and experienced firsthand because we did have the same fears when we started as entrepreneurs and as an entrepreneur couple, because we're both entrepreneurs, um, this topic really hit home for us because we, we went through some of these things and we, we found ways um, to solidify our marriage. We have just uh, celebrated actually this weekend our 16th anniversary. So um, that was a big, uh, cool mi- milestone for us. We got married very young. and uh, Well, you were young. I wasn't so young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was 21 and you were like 27. So yeah, so you know, fast forward a couple of years. Now we've been doing the entrepreneur thing for a, a few years now. And we've had our shares of up and ups and downs, so we're gonna have a lot to share with you. So let's get right into it. So I want to address a few issues here. You know, um, I've been in the personal development uh, industry for a while now, 
And, uh, you know, I hear a lot of things that, you know, can affect Christian couples. And, um, you know, when we're hearing about, you know, stay in a positive mindset, uh, you know, surround yourself with people that encourage you and uh, that are supportive of yeah. your business. Um, and, you know, for some of you, it's not a reality uh, that you're living. For some of you, you've, you've embarked in this uh, entrepreneurial journey. You've started your own business, whether it be a business from home, whether it be network marketing, whatever it may be, and your spouse may not be supportive. So we're going to address topics that have to do with that as well. So we're speaking to people that are, you know, that are, we're going to give you pointers if your husband or spouse is on board and other uh, pointers for what to do when your spouse is not on board, when, when your spouse is unsupportive. So that train of thought of surround yourself with a positive mindset and encouragement and always, you know, focus on the positive, get rid of whatever weighs you down, the negative stuff. Which is, which is generally sound advice, by the way. Exactly. But what I've noticed is that a lot of spouses will basically, you know, put their husband or their wife in that, what, that category of that's weighing me down. Yeah. And, you know, so we're going to teach you how to not get rid of the baby with the bathwater, which is a French ex expression. Um, basically, you know, you don't want to ruin your marriage in the process and mixing all these trends of thoughts. Like when they're talking about you being positive and, and focusing on things that are positive, they want you to focus on a strong mindset. And I can fully understand if your spouse is not on board and they're being negative and, you know, saying, oh, that's never going to work. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you're just wasting your money or, you know, stuff like that. It could be weighing you down. And, I could and fully it's a real, understand And it's a that. real problem. It's a real problem. It, but it, like the solution is not to, to get, get rid, rid of, of your spouse. spouse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, but see, that's, and we've, I've seen it time and again. I mean, friends, entrepreneurs, all that, they break up because of that. Yeah. And they, I've seen many, um, many in the home business industry you know, basically divorce and then go get their awards on, on stage. And, you know, and they'll say, well, that person wasn't supportive. They were weighing me down. Look at all the success I have now. Yeah, but what to what cost, right? Are you going to sleep with uh, your awards next to you? And uh, is, that, <laughs> is that what's going to comfort you when you're 90? You know, seriously, like you have to you have to look at this, you know, objectively, like, and we're going to talk about what the Bible has to say with this as well. But um, the other negative thing that I've heard many times is that I've heard some personal development gurus, and I say gurus because not all of them fall into this category, but some will say, you know, your spouse was probably just part of that season in your life, and now you're evolving, and you're become, you're going towards something uh, yeah, new season and you're reaching your full potential and maybe your spouse is just not part of that uh, season of your life. Mm -hmm. So people, you know, will fall, will get sucked into that train of thought and will end up getting divorced because they're thinking, well, you know what, my husband or my wife, uh, my spouse cannot follow me and is just not getting it. They're just not understanding where I'm going with this and they're just not going to be part of this future. And so, you know, we, we really want you to, to see that uh, basically those are a lot of lies, you know, and that you have it's to... It's a snare. It's a snare from the devil. I mean, if you're, you're a Christian and your spouse is a Christian, even if your spouse 
has been negative or nagging you negatively about your business or your startup or has not been supportive the way they should have been, definitely, if you are thinking of divorcing him or her because of that, it's a snare. Don't fall in that snare, definitely. Yeah, so exactly. You know, we know that God has created the sacred union of marriage and we hear, we have, there's a lot of verses that talk about marriage in the Bible, but the one that comes to mind is Genesis 2, 22 to 24 that says, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. For she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Yes, that is one of the uh, main verses, ver- passages in the scriptures that talks about the, the sacredness of the marriage relationship. You know, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. That is Jesus who reprises this verse in the New Testament. Uh, and then, then he adds that. He says, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. And we use that in marriage vows. You know, the, the priest or the pastor will say these words. Once the union has been declared uh, done, he will say, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. And no man, that's interesting, because it means either you or your spouse, or people on the outside who sometimes may have a negative influence. So we, we think when we read that or we hear it out loud, we, we think enemy, someone from the outside. No, oftentimes it's someone from the inside, someone in the marriage. So it means no man or woman put asunder. So the union is sealed by God. So let not you nor your spouse break this union. So you, you need to understand that, you know, God puts you together. So God has drawn you both to be together and even if you can't see the bigger picture down the road he knows what plans he has for each of you individually and how that's going to work together so it might work together as you know two people that become entrepreneurs together for the same purpose and it might not we need to be reminded of that that Mm -hmm. god put you guys together so there is no such thing as the person's in your season for a season and and next to the next husband and or to the next wife it just doesn't work that way god doesn't bless marriages like that he doesn't he doesn't put two people together two especially two believers together for a season Exactly. So he knows the bigger picture. He knows where he's heading, where he's leading you guys. And it's up to you guys to follow that journey as a couple. And like I said, it might be to build a business together for his purpose. And it might not be. It might be two separate things alone. But you're still going to grow. God is still going to enable growth whether you are in business together or not. So keep that in mind, okay? There's a purpose behind everything. And you not being in business together might have a greater purpose than it would if you were in business together. You got to keep that in mind. God is bigger than this, okay? Yeah. So it's not because God has given you a vision for a new business venture that you need to get rid of the unapproving spouse, okay? Yeah. That does not make that person all of a sudden not uh, needed in your life just because they haven't seen the vision yet, okay? But that said... There still might be, you might still be going through that, that that situation where your spouse is disapproving or not supportive of your entrepreneurial journey. So, what can the reasons be? Why 
do some spouse's buck and say, no, I, I'm not going to support you. No, I'm against this. I, I think it's foolish or I don't believe in you or I don't believe in your business or I don't believe in your vision. Why is that? So we, we listed a few reasons and we're going to go through them for you guys so you understand maybe the uh, a little bit more of uh, their point of view, the disapproving spouse's point of view, okay? Yeah. So the first one is the change goes against what your spouse believes and values. So as a Christian family, maybe the idea of you working from home, other than taking care of the household and your husband uh, or your spouse and children, doesn't exactly, it's not exactly seen as the godly thing, mm -hmm. right? So some spouses have, you know, embraced this perfect ideal that, you know, the, the wife stays home, just takes care of the family and the kids and the laundry and all that, and that it's the man's job to work. And that's basically it. And anything else um, is far from biblical, right? We want to uh, talk about this because, you know, today and in today's society in 2018, I think we've noticed that the changes uh, financially and Societal, inflation yeah. and all that, that even couples that have tried to do this as much as possible have either become in great debt or, you know, it's put a lot of strain on their marriage and a lot of them do crack because of it. The, the rate of divorce, even in Christian families, is very, very high, guys. So this is not, it's not because you're Christian that you're, you know, not, cannot fall into this trap. There's a lot of pressure today. And, you know, the way things used to be where, you know, the husband had his own business on the farm or, you know, was working as a carpenter and was working well, from well, when home. You're say, when you're saying the way it used to be, we're talking about biblical times here, folks. I yeah. mean, like if you want, like oftentimes Christians, believers today will will, will want to emulate what they were taught in scriptures, like the, the stay-at-home wife takes care of the kids and the husband goes to work. But here's the problem. The way we do life today is not the way it was done back then. And let me explain this, okay? Yes, back then you had a wife staying on the home front taking care of the 10 kids. Yes, you had that. But here's what you had also that you don't have today. What you also had was the husband owning a business from home. Because back then you didn't have factories or offices that required the husband to travel uh, and, and to go work there every day to commute. Going, leaving to, for 10 hours at a time and then coming back in the evening and half dead and spending, you know, giving uh, breadcrumbs to his uh, kids and wife. That's our reality today. But the picture that we have when we, we say we want to replicate the biblical view of the family, well, guess what? The biblical view of the family was all centered around the home. The business was from home. Joseph's carpentry shop was from home. You know, so and, the kids and, had and the farm, access. The yeah. farm was from home. Entrepreneurs worked from home. That was a given. That, that's the way it was done back then. Yeah, so kids had access to their father. Their father was able to show them how to do things, to instruct them. The, the mom was very implicated with the children as well. You know, those verses that talk about teaching your children and all that, like the parents were present. And they were involved together. Uh, it, it, they were basically working the home business together in different departments. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the closest thing we would have today that looks like a biblical uh, family, you would say, is not what we've tried to accomplish and that 
really doesn't work, which is the husband who's the breadwinner goes away 30, 30 minute, an hour commute uh, every day, 10 hours at a time, leaves his wife and kids behind and comes home at night. That, that's not the way it was. I'm not saying that men back then didn't travel. They did travel on occasion for business, but the, the businesses were mostly from home. And so the husband was present with the wife working on the home front to make things work. And the wife, don't kid yourselves, the wife was implicated with the children, yes. But, you know, if you read Proverbs 31, for example, the woman, the wife who is seen, said, described as to be the, the perfect wife in Proverbs 31, she goes out and buys a field. So she was oftentimes a trusted administrator of the funds that came in the house. Uh, for the kids' clothing, for the food, for for uh, purchasing a field, which is basically business expansion. Think about that. Right. Now, that's something we don't often teach in church. Okay, we we really have a, a limited understanding of what it was back then, because because you know it was a patriarchal society, very much so, in which women didn't have many rights. But strong marriages like uh, Priscilla and Achilla, for example, who worked together in the tent-making business with Paul, uh, there were more than we uh, give them credit for at the time. Of course, Priscilla and Achilla is, is a, a really good example of that. And there aren't that many in the scriptures, but uh, those couples that were thriving, they were really doing the business together, the business thing together, uh, that's how it was done. Oftentimes, they were much more involved together than we give them credit for. And there was no separation every day. <laughs> what we could call, what we have today is separation anxiety. I mean, the wife is left alone with the kids, uh, over overworked, uh, doing stuff that is just basically to survive. But back then it was done to thrive together. So it was a different way of doing things. And the way we transposed it in modern society with our uh, businesses, uh, uh, I, I think it happened with the industrial industrial revolution back in the 20s, the early 1900s, where all these uh, businesses started booming and the industries and, and men would go work at the factory and the woman would stay home. Then there was that distance that was uh, uh, really hurting families. And ever since then, we've taken that and said, let's make it biblical. I'm sorry, it's just not. And the and we've we've tried in the seventies and eighties to do a kind of modern biblical take on it, where it was kind of possible because the economy was different. And the and income was it covered more exactly. Needs. Yeah, yeah. The houses weren't so expensive. The husbands, you know, a lot of them had decent jobs, and it was enough to provide for their family so that the wife could stay home you know we're talking you know back in the days of i love lucy and <laughs> and after that yeah right? the 50s the, 60s and 70s and, yeah. and it was great because like back then one salary was enough to provide a comfortable home a car mm -hmm. uh provide for two three kids uh, a dog a cat and a goldfish and a white picket fence in front and that was that was great for many many americans and, and canadians as well uh but the reality has changed so much now that an average income is not sufficient for that lifestyle anymore. Uh, and so having this ideal saying that's going to work, uh, I guess we're going on a tangent here and that's not what we want to do. But we wanted to show uh, basically how uh, a home business is a really good idea. And that's the, the I guess the new way if you're going to be biblical about it, that's the new way to do it.
Yeah, you, you're going to have to find some kind of way to bring some extra income because just the, the husband's salary oftentimes is just not simply enough. And it's frustrating for a lot of Christian men because they want to be the sole provider. And depending on what kind of business they're they're doing or who they're working for, uh, you know, there might be a fixed salary and it's just not possible to have more. So it puts the... Uh, the woman into the, the wife into a position where she has to bring in extra income and sometimes it's the the other way around I've seen other you know cases where it's actually the opposite and sometimes the wife is the one that has the the career and has the yeah and the husband the, is the high-paying job as I've seen that one of them I, I knew pretty well and she was a teacher and she was very well paid and he was blue-collar uh, worked part-time not because he didn't want to be full-time but the company would not give him a position full-time and he had to work his hours part-time and just deal with you know possible extensions once in a while so she made more money than he did so it was you know kind of hard on their marriage because you know from a a man's point of view he wanted to make more money and you know so they had they had agreed to that for a while to do it like that and and it was but it took its toll it was very hard so basically number one the change goes against what your spouse believes and values what we mean by that is oftentimes the ideal of the biblical family the biblical home our ideal uh, combined with today's reality does not jive it doesn't work and sometimes when you one of the spouses decides hey i'm going to be an entrepreneur i'm going to start a business well it can either work very well fit in there very well with the family's lifestyle or not. Sometimes it might mean more hours away, more hours uh, gone from the family and your spouse might uh, be kicking against the goats for that. Yeah, so that brings us to the second point, which is the change may be affecting the family's routine. There you go. Right, so the time away, um, you know, maybe uh, your spouse is not really on board with the changes that all of a sudden uh, take place where uh, you're working your business in the evening, all of a sudden you can't bring your kids to swimming lessons, soccer practice, and you know all of these changes, your spouse has to be on board. So that could cause some tension in, in the relationship. So uh, we want you to be aware of that. There has to be uh, communi- good communication when it comes to that so that um, the other spouse can kind of fill in for you where you're not able to be Um, as you used to be, right? So maybe there's a lot more important chores that appear and all of a sudden, you know, there's a heavier load because a lot of, uh, a lot, especially a lot of women are doing the home-based business. And that could be hard on on their spouse because all of a sudden their spouse, you know, has to uh, maybe do some dishes and do like, I know a lot of, I I know a lot of you probably already help your wife with these things, but you know, you might have extra laundry to fold and extra chores to, to do because she just is not able to to manage it all like she used to. Right? And, the, and the sacrifices, you know, you might have less family uh, time or, or um, uh, outings or, I mean, you're, you're more caught up with uh, your business because it, it demands much of much time and much effort so and yeah, could, that, that's not something that's something that yeah. many people don't want to deal with and there's also the other side there's the the husband doing the network marketing business or home-based business it might be in something else that he's doing from home and uh, that demands extra hours where he's trying to get out of his nine-to-five job and that's why he's doing it 
and she has to be more comprehensive in the, the certain times that he won't be available to do certain things uh, like he used to in the family routine, right? So there has to be good communication when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to number three, which is the change may bring up your spouse's own fears surrounding money and investing in your business. So we've noticed um, in many couples, it, it seems to be that way, uh, that you have generally one person that spends more and the other person wants to save more, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the bigger spender and you have the one that's very uh, frugal and wants to put money aside. So as we know, that could be already issues in, in your marriage um, that you've had to work through and it could be a pain point to start out with. So yeah, if it's already a pain point and you bring in a starting a business uh, on the table, uh, it can become a huge pain point. Yes, because depending on the type of business that you've decided uh, to to be part of, um, if you're in a home-based business, network marketing, generally the startup costs are pretty low. Yeah. So it's not too much of a problem in general. But uh, there are the monthly costs, uh, you know, the mo- monthly investments in your business to make it grow. And that's where you guys have to have good communication. And if you're in a startup or doing another type of business, then you really need to, um, you know, be okay with, you know, money loans and business loans and whatnot uh, to, to really um, talk about this openly and be okay with, with it because it obviously is going to affect your future financially. Yeah, and uh, Liz and I, we both uh, had our share of problems when it came to uh, entrepreneurial ventures or decisions. And uh, I remember me, when I joined the John Maxwell team, I didn't have the money initially to pay for the course. And I wanted to borrow uh, money from the bank as an initial investment. And it was a huge decision for our couple, for our marriage, for our family. And at the time, Elizabeth was not sure. I mean, she knew I was a gifted speaker. She knew I could do uh, that kind of training. She saw some fruit. I mean, she saw me listening to a lot of personal growth in the previous months, and she saw me changing and becoming uh, more dynamic, more positive, and all that. So she saw I was going in a certain direction, and she saw some positive fruit from it. But she wasn't entirely convinced that we should invest a certain amount for me to become a certified coach. So that, that posed a, somewhat of a, a, a hurdle and uh, it required a lot of communication on our part. Exactly, so we, we really needed to pray about this decision and both be on board that it was for the best for our future. And, um, and through prayer and, and you know through time and a lot of different things, I eventually had decided that that was a decision for my life as well to be a certified coach so but we'll talk about that sorry we'll talk about that a little later how that came to be but just to show you an example you know like how you have to be open and both be on board if he if the timing wasn't right and we hadn't prayed about it and we weren't included both together in this and it was all about just him making that decision then probably it would have been a negative step in our marriage and would have been hard on me as well yeah, and even John Maxwell himself, when he uh, decided to uh, begin a personal growth program when he was back when he was younger, a young pastor, they didn't have much money and they were kind of living paycheck to paycheck. And he, he told this story many times 
of uh, how he wanted to invest in this uh, personal growth kit that was, I think, uh, did you say $700? Something like that. I forget. Yeah, and back in the day, that was, was a, a lot. huge amount. I mean, that was the equivalent of thousands of dollars today. And uh, he had to present this to his wife and say, look, I, I think I really need this. Um, I think if I'm going to grow to the next level, I need this. And uh, so he presented it to his wife. They talked about it and they decided to go for it. And they set the money aside every month. He didn't use credit cards or a loan for that. But still, it required a big chunk of their budget to go on that, to be put aside. And that was tough. Uh, but it was a decision they made together. So that's just another example. I mean, yeah, and, and, I and Elizabeth, when she started her own uh, home-based business, uh, what she wanted to do was for me to be fully on board because she knew it would require more time uh, away from regular, you know, stuff that we were used to, like her being more at home with the kids and, and more present and more engaged. And, and now it's like, okay, I'm going to be less hours a week here, so you're going to have to pick up that slack. And we need to sit down and discuss it. And the way we did that is she showed me what her business was all about. And when I sat down and I saw there was a presentation, uh, when I saw the presentation, I was like, you know what, this is, this seems like a really good uh, venture and I approve of it and okay, let's do this. I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna pick up that slack. Yeah, you go for it. Exactly. And even before that, when I had um, started my home-based business, uh, working from home, uh, doing home decor, um, every, every penny that we invested, we had to both be on board. Even if it's something that was going to, you know, in, in this case, it didn't turn out. But we had to both both be on board initially. And when things did kind of go sour and that financially uh, I wasn't making enough money for the amount spending, we both had that talk. And I had to be open to listening to what he had to say and, you know, realize that this was just not going to work. And mm -hmm. that for the better of our couple, it was time for me to close it down. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I had to make that decision. And there's a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs cannot do that. No. A lot of them have put their heart and sweat into it, their finances. Some put their pension plan. They're going to say something like, I, I, I know we agreed to 5000 but I believe if we put another 5000 in, it's going to really work. And then $5,000 later, they, they decide on that. And $5,000, they're still not making it. Yeah, but but I don't want to give it up yet. I think if we put in another 5000 so it, it's a never-ending cycle. So the budget you guys agree upon in the beginning is a really uh, huge yeah, deal. Yeah, and you, ne you need to decide what's more important at one point, right? If you have to get to that point, that decision where it's just not working out financially, then you have to decide what's more important. And obviously your couple, your family is more important than a business venture. Amen to that. So, you know, it's also important here, you know, what type of business you choose. You know, pick something that, um, that you can has afford. a high return yeah. and will, you know, be successful and has a proven track record because you, you don't want to be putting all your chips in something that's going to risk your marriage that's going to risk everything and all the sacrifices that are made financially in an entrepreneurial journey to have little results and for it to tank at the end could be very very hard on your marriage there you go uh number four the change requires a leap of faith now keep in mind as an entrepreneur you have a vision for your business. You have a dream. You have a you. You have the drive. You've been given all this. This is your baby. Your spouse might not be on board for this simple reason. Although you have the vision, and therefore you're willing to make that leap of faith, right? Because you're on fire. Your spouse might not have been set on fire 
at this time or yet. <laughs> you know, I mean, so if you're on fire and your spouse is not on fire, it's probably a faith thing. So in other words, you have faith it's going to work because it's your vision, it's your baby. Uh, you've been given that 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 idea and that like you, you see it, you visualize it, you, you, you want it. So you're going for it. Uh, but your spouse might not want to go for it the way you do because, hey, simply they, they, that leap of faith, they're not willing to make it they, they, or they just don't have enough, they don't have the same vision yet. And I'm saying yet because sometimes that vision needs time to grow on the other, right? So that brings us to number five. The spouse is stuck himself in his life and career. So maybe, you know, you getting unstuck, you finding a solution, a way out for yourself the, for yourself of avoiding the nine to five kind of gets him threatened or her threatened and kind of makes them a little angry because they're not ready to take that step maybe they're not as bold maybe they are in their comfort zone of the nine to five and even if they hate it it's been what they've been doing regularly and it's their zone of comfort and let's be honest i think this point number five affects more men than women. Men tend to feel threatened when our wives who, I don't know if you, you've known your wife to be a stay-at-home mom for the last five, six, seven, eight years, and all of a sudden she's on fire for her new business and she's starting this, and you're still stuck doing the nine to five in a job you may not be on fire for at all, that can be threatening. That can be something you're looking at with a nine likes and yeah, but I'm supposed to be a provider or I'm you know, why is God giving you the vision and or a vision or not me? And I, I'm the head of the house. And blah. so all these things might come in conflict with your uh, philosophy of life or your view of the family unit and all and, that. Yeah. And there's also security, right? So it could it could be that you're in a nine to five job that you like and you have your pension and you're very secure in that and you believe you know, that you're going towards a good pension and for you, that's enough. And for you, that's stability, that's security, and you're in that comfort zone. So, you know, your spouse that wants to try this crazy venture you in your mind. You see this as frivolous. You see this as this is crazy. This will never, you know, pay off. This can't be. This is not a real business because in your mind, a business is a, a brick and mortar job or it's you know a business you build from the ground up physically and there's employees and you have this whole other image that you just don't see the entrepreneur vision you just don't see what could happen from a home business yeah. what what it could be right so it's important to to acknowledge that 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 could be a huge uh, reason why your spouse may not be on board yeah and number six your spouse is displeased with the daily household chores buildup. Look, let's be honest, guys. When we start a business, one of the first things to go is the cleanliness of our house. And I'm not saying it becomes a dump necessarily. Many of you can might still be able to uh, tie up loose ends and make it look, you know, presentable. But in many, many cases, uh, that's that goes more on the back burner, like the the perfect clean house the perfect yeah the yeah we're talking about perfection here like <laughs> you know the super clean floors and the folded laundry every day and the, like everything done perfectly like it used to that might not be the case anymore and for some spouses that might be a huge irritation okay because some spouses are very clean they they, they love things tidy they love things 
to roll uh, perfectly every week and the routine to be well well done and everything and the beds made and all that and and all of a sudden more hours away from house chores obviously you're starting business so you don't have as much time to put in the the, the those daily routines means uh, the perfection goes out the window and for some spouses that's a huge thing it's a huge deal and it might make them buck and say i don't want you to do that it's ruining our marriage <laughs> you know they might see a, a dirty house as this is ruining our marriage yeah so we're going to talk about that later or what to do to uh to fix those little issues but those so those were the the reasons the most popular reasons why it could create a big tension in your marriage so here are some statistics okay on the divorce rate um, that in, entrepreneurs uh, face, okay? So the divorce rate amongst entrepreneurs is actually 5 to 10% higher than the regular, I'd say, normal marriage, okay? The, the, yeah, well, we hear the divorce rate usually is around 50%. It's been like that for decades now. And uh, among entrepreneurs, it's higher than that. They say 5 to 10%. I suspect it might be more than that. Because in my personal experience, I've, I've met lots of entrepreneurs and I've seen how what a toll it takes, especially the very successful ones. For some reason, it seems to take this, this means like the more responsibly, the higher, the, the bigger the business, it seems to be causing the more problems in the marriage. And actually, uh, research that I did, um, I've seen many articles, um, whether it be Forbes or Inc., um, different articles that were done by um, divorce lawyers. So experienced divorce lawyers have noticed a very big increase in divorces when it comes to entrepreneurs. So there you, there you go. So that, that yeah. goes to so they confirm share it. what I thought, you know. They said that there's not a lot of research done to, to you know, take statistics with entrepreneurial families, let's mm -hmm. say, but that they've noticed the divorce rate is very high. There you go. When it comes to entrepreneurs, at, at the minute there's one entrepreneur in the fa in the couple, obviously. Yeah. So we're not talking about no, those two people are that are entrepreneurs because the you know obviously that could be a, there's a lot of factors there, but generally they understand each other because they're both doing the. Um, you know, a venture, a business venture, it's mostly when one is an entrepreneur and the other one isn't. And studies have also shown that entrepreneurs who started their business with their spouses, like you mentioned, and shared their family and professional goals were more satisfied than the ones who didn't. Sharing business goals and responsibilities with your spouse, check this out, the stats are interesting, will make you 17% happier while sharing family goals brings 27% more happiness. However, setting shared family goals might be even more important than these stats because 98% of couples who did things this way reported that they were still in love with their partner. So there's the uh, Priscilla and Aquila phenomenon. We spoke about this uh, biblical model of, of, of the couple working together. Uh, if you're called for that, that's awesome. That really brings you closer. Even if it can bring in more trials, more difficulties, more demands, it, it can actually strengthen your marriage in the process. Exactly. So now what can you do as a married believer and entrepreneur? Now that's a good question. I mean, that's what we want to cover today. So what right? are the solutions? Yeah, what are the, the different um, points that we can give you to help 
um, solidify your marriage to make sure that you do not end up divorced. Yeah, and that's what we don't want. Uh, we don't want your business to get in the way of your marriage because your marriage is more important, okay? Remember, I've said this many times in podcasts before. Priorities as a Christian entrepreneur should be God first, family second, business third, okay? That should be your priorities. Uh, and, in, and I'm going to take a verse here. And you, you might say, oh, you're taking it out of context, but not really. I want to create a parallel so you guys will understand my train of thought, okay? In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, we read, Wives, and, and the verse, by the way, is talking to uh, wives who are married to unbelievers, how they should conduct, how they should, how they should handle the situation, okay? Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. So what Peter is saying here is actions speak louder than words. And if we take that passage as a passage presenting some kind of solution here to the dilemma that a couple where one is an entrepreneur, the other one isn't, we can create a very similar uh, uh, parallel. You as an entrepreneur would be, in this case, the, the believing wife. And the spouse who's not uh, an entrepreneur would be seen as the unbelieving husband. Okay? So you as an entrepreneur are the one taking the lead here. And as the one taking the lead, you are the one who needs to be more mindful to your partner's response to this because you're the one who is changing the status quo because remember the word entrepreneur means to begin something to start something entreprendre in french is where we get the word entrepreneur so you're beginning something new and it it threatens the spouse we've seen how in which ways before like before we got to that we looked at the points and how the spouse why they might be threatened so you have to be sensitive to how that spouse feels to that change, okay? In the same way that a wife has to be sensitive if she is converted to Christ, she has to be sensitive to the unbelieving husband and say, you know what? I'm not going to nag him. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell him, come to church every Sunday and why don't you come to church and you're, you're not supporting me in my new faith. I'm just going to win him over with my conduct. He's going to see such fruit in my life that he's going to be won over. Well, that's the attitude we should have as an entrepreneur. We should be like, you know what? I'm starting this business, but this business is not only my way of making our lives better, but I want my wife to see the positive change that's going to come from it in my own life. It's going to make me more disciplined. It's going to be, make me more responsible. And if possible, I'm doing it also to create more time to be with my family and I want her to see that whole vision and the reason why I'm doing this. And to do that, I think if she sees the fruit and the value as I go, she's going to probably slowly be uh, more open to what I'm doing. So we're going to give you those, those steps of how you can win your spouse over. Number one, be supportive. Hello. I mean, you want, you're the entrepreneur who wants support, right? You want your spouse to say, I love what you're doing. This is dynamic. This is exciting. Oh my God, I'm so behind you. I'm backing you. Well, are you 
backing up your spouse the same way? I mean, if, if your spouse is doing the nine to five and is threatened by your new business venture, are you still encouraging your spouse in their daily grind or whatnot? And, and, and are you still there to listen to them when they've had a tough day's work and instead of just talking about your business and what you did today for your business, are you still listening to them, to their difficulties, to their trials, to what they encounter daily? So are you supportive? Basically, it's very simple. You want support? Give support. Number two, don't tell me, show me. Now, that comes back to our verse earlier in, in, in First Peter, right? So don't tell your spouse what you're doing or what you will do or what you intend to do. Show them. Let them see firsthand what you're doing, the daily effort, the daily results. The, the, like make, make, include them by showing them. And also make sure they see the fruit, the positive fruit from the efforts you do. Hey, today I, I landed so-and-so client or today uh, we, we signed a contract with so-and-so or today, you know, like make them see the progress. So don't tell them tomorrow I intend to talk to so-and-so. That's nothing wrong with that, of course, but don't tell them what you plan on doing tomorrow or in a week or in a month. Instead, show them daily what you have done, what's done. Exactly, because talk like in the beginning, we all do that. We all talk about what we're going to do and this and that and for, for your spouse to understand the bigger picture. But if you're all talk and no action, your spouse will start losing faith in what you're doing. Definitely. And that's what you don't want to happen. Yeah. So even if it's small progress, even if you're signing just a few people in your business or maybe, um, you know, maybe you haven't signed anybody in your business, but he he or she needs to see that you are taking action yeah. so that you're reaching out to people and you know you can talk about that today i've reached out to this number of people and you know it's also a way of being accountable to each other right to yeah. really see that um, you are working even if the results are not there right away. Yeah, and, and actions speak louder than words. I mean, your spouse will inevitably be supportive if you come home or if she comes home or he comes home and you said, yeah, today I made 200 phone calls. I had two people sign up and I'm really excited. Wow, you know, like that speaks, like that's an action right there. Any spouse would be impressed with those numbers like or those, that type of effort. You know, they'd be like, whoa, he's really into this. I mean, he's really sweating for this. And if you're if you're a Christian, <laughs> I mean, even if you're not backing your spouse initially, if you don't believe in their vision, if you see them work hard like that, well, you're going to feel kind of cheap or bad if you're not supporting them after so much effort, right? So that's, that's a way of, of having them on your side. Number three. Yeah, so share your concerns. Entrepreneurs who share both positive and negative news about their business on a daily basis with their spouse will gain more of their partner's trust. So it's really important to, you know, share the highs and lows. The good, know? the bad, and the ugly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, some entrepreneurs kind of fall into that trap where they've, you know, worked their business, and we're talking about more like entrepreneurs that are away from home, that will work their business, talk to their associates, you know, focus on business all day, talk to clients, customers, and then all of a sudden they come home and they just want to shut down and not talk about anything that has to do with their business because they fear that their spouse will just not understand what they're doing and they can't relate. 
And that kind of, you know, creates a wall between both of you. So maybe your spouse doesn't fully get it, but, you know, simplifying it and just explaining in a simple way that they can understand makes them feel that they're part of what you're doing, that, you know, they're following your journey with you because it's, it's a lot more powerful when you do have success with your business because your spouse will actually understand the highs and lows that you went through to get to this point. So they'll, they'll, you know, embrace your success in a different way. So basically it's keeping the communication lines open, really. Yeah. And if there I is, mean, if it's, there, it's important, if there is no success and there's, you know, highs and lows and things aren't going so well, well, you want your spouse to have an input in all this because, you know, God will use your spouse to speak to you in many ways, um, but they can't help you and they can't be used by God in any way if they don't know what the heck's going on. So don't shut out your spouse. Yeah, even if they're negative. And that's the thing. that That's the reflex we tend to have. Oh, they're negative. They're weighing me down. I'm going to shut them out of everything I'm doing. Yeah. Big mistake because what it does is um, if you don't share anything with your spouse, it causes frustration, suspicion, anxiety, and impatience. Okay? So you don't want that. You you want uh, positive results. You want a positive... Um, Basically, you want communication. You don't want to cut the communication lines, okay? And besides, sharing your concerns with your spouse will better enable you to, number four, that's the fourth point, pray with your spouse. Pray. With or without your spouse, but pray. Okay? Uh, if your spouse is really, really bucking, I want nothing to do with your business. I don't want you to talk to me about your business. I want to, Okay, well, you know, you have to pray that God might give them a change of heart towards your business. But pray with respect, okay? Pray with your spouse with respect. Always keeping in mind that he or she is also a son or daughter of God. So you're basically going to, to God saying, I, I want to talk to you about your daughter or your son. Um, I, have a, I have a problem here, Lord. Uh, I'm trying to build a business. The, the vision you gave me, this, this idea or this this fire within me that I really want to bring to fruition, they don't see it yet and it's really bothering me. But you don't want to bring them down before God. You don't want to have the attitude in prayer like oh, you're holier than thou and uh, that that wife you gave me, she just won't listen and, and Lord, you got to change her because this isn't working and I'm going to you know, have an attitude when you go in prayer. No, that's not what you want to do. You want to be humble and you want to do it well. And even better, if your spouse is at least open to your business, if not encouraging, well, you can pray with your spouse, which is even so much better. I mean, that's the best thing. If you kept the communication lines open, if you did the first points we mentioned, chances are your spouse, if they're a believer, they will be at least halfway open to encourage you in that venture. So uh, praying together is a great way to help your business, help you, and uh, help your marriage as well. Because as you say, this is kind of a cliche, but we've heard it many times, couples who pray together, stay together. Exactly. Number five, accept. I know this is a hard one, but we need to realize that we might not have the same calling, okay? So we need to accept that, that maybe your spouse has a different calling than you do. Mm -hmm. And that even if you're seeing the vision that God has put on your heart, for your family and for your, you know, your entrepreneurial vision, that maybe your spouse is just not there yet. Maybe they have a different calling or maybe they're just not seeing the calling that God has for them yet. 
So we need to accept and respect each other and that there's people, we all have our own strengths and we all have our own purpose. And you know, for us, Sebastian and I had very different strengths when we were building Thriving on Purpose. And actually before that, I was doing something completely different. And, you know, I was always focused on the coaching one-on-one and he was all about speaking and teaching God's word and uh, had a very um, big strength when it came to, to writing books as an author and teaching. So we, it took time for this to, to come into process where we build Thriving on Purpose. When Thriving on Purpose started, it wasn't what it is now. We didn't know how to work our different strengths together to build one strong business and and have an impact on people in this way. I remember Elizabeth used to tell me, yeah, but I I don't feel called to be a speaker. You want to be on a stage speaking to people. I I, I don't feel called for that. I said, yeah, but you're a great coach. She says, so? That doesn't mean I should join your business. (laughs) (laughs) And I I did. I put on the thick seduction. I mean, I really wanted to work with her. And uh, to build this business with her. But uh, all this to say, I mean, it, it wasn't an, an instantaneous thing. She had to evaluate, think, pray. And uh, eventually she said, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I do think we can mesh together pretty good here. And, and we could build something solid. So Yeah, because I was focused on doing something completely, you know, one-on-one coaching for women was completely more of a woman's feel to it. I was talking to a woman audience. It was very different what I had in mind for myself, right? And it took time for for God to work in my heart and for me to, I I kind of, you know, went on my own for a little bit and, you know, I could see where he was coming from, but I just didn't see the vision. I just couldn't see it at first. And so, you know, he had to be patient with me. He was um, supportive. He asked me to pray about it. We both prayed about it. And it took time for God to work in our hearts. And and when I decided to say, okay, you know what, we're, we're going to do this thing. Um, even then, God worked in us. And it was a, a journey. It, it evolved with time. And we learned to work our strengths. And by working the business together, we saw where we had our weaknesses, where we had our strengths. And God used that to, to do something um, that would add value to people and we both were able to maximize our strengths in a certain way but I had to accept and he had to accept that the things that we wanted for each other weren't going to happen in some cases like I wanted him to do a lot of one-on-one coaching and he just didn't feel that that's what God was calling him to do he does it through his books you know he does it through teaching format differently through so, this podcast actually I consider this is a good uh coaching platform for us exactly and you know and and I just wasn't going to be an author I just didn't feel it and oftentimes I'll write stuff and you'll say wow you know that's amazing that could be you could write a book well you know I told him you know that's not my strength I can write the message and he does (laughs) he does the rest he does the the editing and you know I like we have plans to do things but just not the same way because it's not my strength and what I didn't expect is like after months of wooing her and trying to join thriving on purpose I didn't expect her to like join and say okay move over I'm gonna take this baby to the top (laughs) (laughs) that was like what what you want to what that's the way that's the direction you want for oh you want to do it like that so I had a lot of uh, surprises along the way when she decided to be full in. 
And uh, we're still adapting to some of those ways of doing things because sometimes we don't always agree in the way we want to do things, but it's, it's, it's perfectly okay. Yeah, so yeah, even when it came to who we were going to talk to, what audience we were going to speak to, we both had to be okay with that. We we basically took something that started out as uh, you know, a little plant and we we basically um, really nurtured it and prayed about it and God just gave us a, a completely different vision that we could both see. And so we both had transitioning periods and we both had to really talk about that. So you know, I'm just saying, like, be patient and accept that your spouse may not be um, at the point where, you know, where you want them to be. Or they may not have the same calling. You have. See, that's the, that's the thing. In marriages, there's no one marriage alike. And uh, some people will work wonders together. Others will work wonders separately. <laughs> In their, I'm talking career-wise, you know, and and so your career doesn't necessarily have to uh, be intertwined with uh, your union, your marriage. So you can have separate careers, separate businesses. Yeah, you know, uh, when we were at the John Maxwell team, um, we were sitting at the table with um, a, a man. Well, there was different people, but I was the speaking... John Maxwell team event, by the way, in Florida. That, that was a few years back. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we were talking to a man, and I was asking him questions, and and he saw both of us. We were we had just gotten certified. We were super ecstatic, excited about doing this um, this business together, and we had already decided that you know on thriving on purpose and all that. And um, we were speaking to him, and he said that he wanted he was already um, in the pastoring lane, and he was already helping young men and. Um, and he, he confided in us that his wife was not on board, that his wife was not with him because I asked him, where's your wife? How come she didn't join you at this event and all that? And he said, um, no, she's just not on board. She's just not seeing it. And, and I said, well, did you try to, you know, um, make her listen to some of John Maxwell's teachings and see, you know, if she'd be open to it or that she can understand what you're doing and, and no, he's like, she's really not receptive. And, and it, I could just see there was so much pain in his eyes. And he was so, um, you know, he, he, he almost had a tear in his eye because it was really painful for him to talk about this because he wished that she was by his side, right? Mm. So, so it, it really had an impact on my heart that when I, when I lived that because I realized how grateful I should be and how blessed I was because we both came to this point together and that we didn't have that suffering because God brought us together, even if it wasn't perfect when we started and we did have our ups and downs. And it still isn't, even to this day. Yeah, we still, have we our ups still and downs. exactly. But we still respect each other and try to respect each other's tr- strengths and uplift each other. And so, if you're in that si- situation where you 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 have this pain where you wish that your spouse would em- embark in you with you in this journey. You really need to apply, you know, the the accepting the, part. the accepting part and be respectful of that. And maybe, you know, like Sebastian said, you know, maybe your your spouse is a writer and you're doing something completely different, and it's just not their strength. And it and they'll excel better, you know, writing books for the Lord or doing something different. And you're, you know, all about speaking and or some some other venture. Maybe a graphic artist that works for Christian businesses. Maybe you're doing something completely different. Yeah. But you you both need to support each other and respect each other's strengths. That's that's really key here. And accept 
that God may have a different purpose. And number six, now we're getting to uh, the tough part. Agree on a set budget to invest. Oh yeah, because when you're starting out, you present to your spouse, say, okay, I, I want to start my own business. Here's my plan. Here's my idea. Here's my vision. So it's all good and dandy until it comes down to the numbers. And then there could be fights. <laughs> so you need to, with your spouse, agree on an initial budget and then the subsequent budget and then the subsequent budget because this is not just your thing. It's it, you know, like money that comes out of your pocket and in the end comes out of the family's pocket, right? So agree on a budget with your spouse that you're willing to invest on this business venture. And most marriages end up in divorce over money. We know that. And we read, uh, we told you guys earlier how entrepreneurs have a higher divorce rate. Well, the higher divorce rate in entrepreneurs is probably due to that, that fact there, the money issue, okay? Some spouses pour in their savings in their startups, okay, in their businesses. And in the process, they deprive their families from having anything fun because the business needs it more. So you have to be careful not to cross that line overly much. Sure, there's going to be sacrifices, but these sacrifices need to be sacrifices you both agree on. And sure, you might have the idea, say, I want to spend 15000 on my startup, and your wife or husband only says, no, no more than 5000 No way you're putting 15000 down. So you have to negotiate, right? You have to agree on a set price and respect that. Yeah, or it might be a monthly budget for your home-based business. Yeah. Maybe you, you have marketing uh, tools that you need, or maybe you want to give out samples. Uh, it could be different things, you know. Maybe it's what you're spending on for your for your business, that the products that you're using um, for your home as well. So you really both need to understand that um, the, the budget is super important to respect, to discuss it beforehand. Yeah. And I know this could be difficult if your spouse is not on board yeah. because... You're going to um, think they're dragging you down, that they're, they're hindering your progress because they don't want you to spend that extra 200 a month or $2,000 in your business. So be careful not to fall in that trap. The, the money thing is huge. I mean, this is really, really important, okay? You might disagree on a ton of things, but at least agree on a budget, okay? And if you're... You need to be smart about this. If your business is taking you down a hole of financial debt that's hurting your family, you need to stop and smell the coffee and admit to yourself. Look, look I told you, I told you earlier, as the entrepreneur, as the one, as the one who is starting something new, you're the leader. So you need to be wise in how is this affecting my family? If it's affecting your family with more income and it's really working out, fantastic. I mean, your wife will probably, or, or husband, will probably go on board and say, hey, way to go, keep it up. This is doing great, you're doing great. Uh, but in the beginning, sometimes it's harder. Sometimes it's more of an investment than a, an actual income. So you need to be on board together in this, okay? And if it's been too long, and it's been months, and, and months transfer into a year or two, Eventually, you have to say, you know what, this isn't working. And you have to be mature enough to decide when it's time to pull the plug. Exactly. You don't want it to drag down your marriage and no. to have so many fights about finances no that you end up breaking over That's where this. you have to draw the line. So you need to be smart about this. If your business is taking you down a hole of debt month after month and then a year 
and then maybe going on two years, at some point you need to smell the coffee and admit to yourself that this is not going to work and you need to pull the plug and maybe uh, consider something else as a business, uh, a startup, whatever. Don't let your business kill your marriage because you didn't want to respect the budget. Number seven, don't neglect quality time. So it's really important that you make blocks of time in your day, especially as an entrepreneur. We can be working long hours, and it's really important that you set that time aside in the evening where you are there for family meals or you know connecting with your children. Um, take that time to ask your spouse how their day was. You really need to have that time to connect with your family because if you don't, then you know the quality time is a huge issue and can be a real, real a deal breaker for a lot of marriages. A lot of marriages end up crumbling because of it because you know the person's working their job, they come home, and then oftentimes they want to prepare for the next day or they're doing more work in the evening and they just never have time for their families. And uh, you have to remember that you know, your your kids are waited all day to see you, right? Yeah. And your wife waited all day to tell you what's going on with the kids or vice or versa. Yeah. You know, maybe it's the other way around, but you both have to have that quality time where they feel that you're present, invested in them and actually care to know about their day and what's been going on in their lives. You don't want to miss that important time. Yeah, and that's a great way to keep your spouse on your team. Um, if, if they see you're making more effort on the one hand, by investing time and effort and energy and money in your business. But on the other hand, you're not neglecting your duties as a, a father or mother. And you're there, you're present, you're still engaged. They're going to admire that. I mean, if they're believers, they're going to be like, you know what? Yeah, it's been it's been hard. He's been working these extra hours. But man, he's still making time for us. He's still invested. He's still, uh, still putting us as a priority. And uh, that's a great way to keep your spouse on your team. Yeah, because we can get, you know, sucked into the, um, especially in the home business industry, if you're building a team, uh, all of a sudden these people, you know, that you're working with have all kinds of needs, calling you all kinds of hours, maybe calling, maybe some of them don't have children and they're calling you, um, you know, to work with you on a Sunday, for example, when that's church time or when that's time for you and your spouse or your family or maybe they're calling on a, you know, they need help with something and that's exactly smack dab in supper time. Well, you know, you're going to have to put your phone off. Yeah, and, and there, there, that also applies to ministry. There's a story that reminds me of a ministry, uh, a story about a pastor who had been a pastor at church for some time and he had experience. And um, this couple, uh, this guy called them, their marriage were in crisis. I mean, but it was a Sunday night at 8 o'clock. And... Uh, the pastor says, how long have you been married? He says, nine years. So how long has it been going bad? About seven out of those nine, the last seven years. So you can handle it going bad another 12 hours. I'll see you tomorrow morning in my office at 10. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I know that sounds kind of harsh from a pastor. It's like, hey, pastors are supposed to be like the Superman who puts on the cape to go save the couples in crisis. But uh, on the other hand, I, I kind of get it. He was like, you know what? This is Sunday night. It's family time. I'm there with my family. I'm there. I'm shutting down my phone, or I'm shutting. The business is not open at these hours. You know, I don't care how much in crisis you are. If there's no blood, I'm not showing up. <laughs> <laughs> 
But so. it, it's, yeah, it's all about priorities, right? You do have to set these blocks of time in your schedule. And, you know, you might need to work longer hours in the evening. Maybe you do have to do a presentation or maybe you do have to do something online. And, you know, but you need to, to show your family that they're important and, and fulfill their needs in the, in the evening, be there for them so that you are free to go and do that with a quiet, like a quiet, peaceful spirit and not have this, you know, guilt in the back of your mind thinking, oh, you know, I, I should have spent more time with my son that had this event, this thing that happened in his life. And I wish I could have spent more time trying to help him or, you know, be there for your children. That's really important. Yeah, and, and we talk about evenings a lot because uh, evenings are important. But uh, for me and Elizabeth, we have decided to set apart one day a week, our weekly Sabbath. Like the scripture teaches, take one day a week that you're not going to work. So we use that day for worship. We use that day for family time. And that day, it's not about work. It's about what really matters. So a weekly Sabbath, we're going to do an episode uh, Eventually, talking on, about the importance. talking about the importance of a weekly Sabbath for entrepreneurs, but uh, we set that in our family routine, and it really, really helps to have that quality time with your family. Exactly. So that brings us to number eight, which is include your family in your successes. So tell your spouse and kids what you're working towards and what incentives they will get as a result of that. So you know, especially if you have young children, if you're a young entrepreneur family, well. You know, your kids may not understand why, you know, daddy has to spend time on Saturdays, uh, you know, doing some work two hours a day or whatever. Um, you know, th that time that a lot of parents would normally be, you know, doing stuff with their kids. Sometimes you have no choice to um, do something that has to do with your business. Maybe you're writing a book. You need to write certain hours, you know, on a Saturday or on a Sunday. Um, and that can affect your kids, you know. So like we were talking about the, the weekly day to be completely off, and that's important. But there are other times that, uh, you know, it could be a Sunday afternoon that you have to schedule stuff for the next day. Um, you know, try to include your kids in your successes and explain to them what you're working towards. Yeah. Why daddy or mommy has to be doing a certain thing and, you know, what the result is going to be and Uh, give them weekly incentives to, to really be cooperative and helping you out. Maybe it's just being quiet in the house when, you know, you're doing a podcast episode like us. Or and saying maybe, if you're quiet for this podcast episode afterwards, we'll bring you to uh, fast your favorite fast food restaurant to have a burger. And like that can be something that they look forward to. Say, okay, after that, we're going to have good quality time. No problem. Let's Or it do could that. be that the extra money that you're you're making is going to pay for a certain course that they want to learn. Or vacation uh, Bible school. or Yeah, or something. Or maybe you want to take a family trip and you're all working towards that. Well, everybody, every member in the family has their implication of how they help you. It could be small things. Sometimes, you know, um, we kind of joke about this, but, you know, little things like my kids are really young, right? So we have Jason that's nine, Marissa that's six, and Katie that's uh, almost four. And so sometimes we'll do games, you know, where they have to help us fold socks on a Sunday night. And that helps us out, right? Because we have a lot of things to get done. And so that that's just a fun game that we do. And they get a, a small incentive for participating and like helping out. Like ice cream out. or something. Yeah, and they, they help out more because they understand that we're both entrepreneurs and we have less time to do these little things. So whatever they can do to help out, they do understanding that. 
but there's incentives that follow. So, you know, work towards the same goal. If it's a family trip, if it's, you know, your company that's going to give you a family trip or a vacation, a paid vacation, because you're all working to, towards that goal, it makes them feel important. Yeah, and you know? something we like to do also, uh, me and Elizabeth, is when we have victories in our business, when we have milestones, stuff that goes on that's great, whatever, you know. It could be small successes. milestones. We, we like to, hey, tonight we're making a special meal. We're celebrating because blah, blah, blah. So the kids know, oh, cool, mom and dad accomplished so-and-so, they're celebrating now. So we're having a fun family time as a result. So they see entrepreneurship in a good light. You don't want your kids to grow up like, you know, there's a joke going around about uh, pastor's kids. They, they grow up disgruntled with church, they grow up disgruntled with religion, and they basically become backslidden or they hate Christianity as a result. Well, you don't want the same thing to happen to you as an entrepreneur. You don't want your kids to grow up because, and hate entrepreneurship because their father or mother were, were never including them. They were never showing the fruit of that or they weren't they were benefiting in any way, shape or form of the fact that you are an entrepreneur. Yeah, and when we talk about pastors sometimes because um, a lot of pastors don't realize this. They're not just in a ministry. They're in a business. A church is a business. Uh, today, especially today. I mean, it wasn't meant to be when it first started yeah. out, but we made it so today. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a lot of pastors are writing books. A lot of them are, are providing content, selling content. A lot of them are doing different ministries. And this can be a, a big uh, toll on their family. And, you know, a lot of pastors think, oh, well, they're going to understand that I'm trying to help out people. No, your kids will not understand you're trying to help out people. No. Ki you know, kids are all about themselves. They look at what they're going to get into it. And that's why we say, you know, that we, we treat... We see this in the same light that there's the same needs that are need to be met there. Your kids need to have some incentives. They need to see. It's going to take time for them to see the bigger picture to what you're working towards. And they probably will only start getting it when they're teenagers. Mm -hmm. But in the young ages, they, they just don't get it. So there has to be some incentives. And slowly you show them the bigger picture. Slowly you show them what you're trying to do. You know, my kids don't understand how we're trying to add value to Christian entrepreneurs. But every episode, we do talk to them about this what we're week, talking we spoke about so-and-so, and so they know, oh, yeah, and that's we what kind you spoke of, to Yeah, about, and we really. kind of give them a kid version for them to understand what it is, how we're trying to help people, because we want them to see the picture. We want them to see that it's it's not about us and that we're doing this for others. But it's going to take time. We see that it's going to take time for them to fully grasp it, and that's because they're young. So there's incentives there. So work together towards a goal, a family goal, so that whether your spouse is in it or not in the business has something to look forward to. There you go. You know, maybe it's a, a couple's trip. Maybe you're going to get the... The, ba the, the kids babysat and you're going to go for a, a romantic trip, you know. It could be yeah. a, a lot of different things. Yeah, and, and the, this is like, um, in a way, kind of thanking your spouse for their support too. When you celebrate your successes in such a way, you're like saying, hey, I couldn't have done it without you guys. Or without you, my, my loving husband or wife. Exactly. So we really want you to, to focus on these things because you have to see the longer, uh, the long-term vision of the business. So entrepreneurship is not about quick successes 
And it's hard for the other spouse to see that. Your spouse may think because you wrote a book, you're gonna be a millionaire the, in three months, right? A lot of people have a, a unrealistic vision. When a it misguided comes, idea. Exactly, of long-term vision. This can be hard on the entrepreneur, but I want you to see the bigger picture because your spouse and your kids are going to be around for years to come. Your business may not. You may decide that, you know, for X reason, this is not the right business anymore. You might do something completely different. Yeah, you might sell your business and then do so, something else. Yeah, so you want to always maintain those important relationships in everything that you do. Because like we say, entrepreneurship is a journey and God is going to bring you through uh, different seasons in your life that you're going to grow and you're gonna, your family is going to evolve around that. And you want to keep that strong because one day you will have your kids leave from home. You don't want them to have a negative perspective of entrepreneurship and you don't want your spouse to hate you because you have this horrible relationship with your children and they left home angry and then all you're left with is your money and maybe a bitter wife or maybe you don't have a wife anymore and you're just left with your money and that's what you have for it. So you want to end up retired in a, in a good place and having what's mostly important and what's the richest the people you love. richness yeah. of all is to have a good, strong family with a good, strong marriage. There you go. So that was what we wanted to tell you. Don't let your business ruin your marriage or your family life because in the end, it matters a lot more who you are with than what you're left with. Exactly. So we hope that this podcast episode uh, blessed you, that it helped you uh, maybe see things in a different light and maybe um, remove some bitterness and some frustrations. So please... And, and guys, if you're entrepreneurs and uh, you, you have a spouse that's have, maybe has been half on board, not sure and hesitant, make, tell them, here, I listened to this. It really helped me. And I think you're going to appreciate it too. Could, would you listen to it? I mean, why not share it with them? You know, S share these things that you're learning. And maybe they'll be like, you know what? When they talk about point and point so-and-so, I really feel that pain in our marriage. I, I really feel that you need to work on that. And maybe it'll open up doors of communication with you and your spouse. In any way, uh, if this podcast has helped you, if it has blessed you, hey, guys, that's the best way to help us is to share it Say to your friends, family, or anybody who you know it could help, share it with them. And if you yourself have been helped, leave a, leave a review on any platform you're listening to. We'd, we'd appreciate your reviews. Contact us. Talk to us. Ask us questions. We're open to your questions. And may God richly, richly bless you on your entrepreneurial journey. And may He richly bless your marriage in the process as well. Yes, absolutely. So be blessed. And thrive on. Thanks for listening to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. Be sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com to access the show notes and to discover more fantastic content. Until next time, be blessed and may you thrive on purpose.